Hello and welcome to The Real Superhero Project. This is a podcast geared at watching and ranking every superhero movie ever made. Every episode we discuss, review, and rank two movies. That's going to change. I'm going to say that differently at some point. Um, As well as cover the latest news and releases in the world of comic book and superhero movies. Uh, My name is Ryan Nichols and joining me as always is not Zol Lopez. If you have paid attention to Facebook, um, Zol has stepped down from being a part of the podcast. He is, however, going to stay around and stick, stick it out and help us with some of the social media aspects. Zol's life has gotten pretty hectic and pretty busy as a father of three you can only imagine anyways so but now joining me is my friend sam spangler sam say hello surprise mofos okay that's hello you know what at least it wasn't vic and if you want to know who vic is listen to the untitled bs podcast um sam is a friend of my a mutual friend of mine from mutual friend where we are friends we're not mutual friends we're not just mutual friends we aren't just mutual actual friends too um kids go to school together we met that way um zola not or soul she's i am okay maybe i'm not ready to do anything after this (laughs) we probably do this and i might go to bed um sam and i have a crap ton of similar interests Mm -hmm. and um zola was stepping down and i kind of jokingly said hey would you want to do the review podcast with me and he was like yeah i think i probably would um, and then on top of that, we talked about video games and do some yeah. bunch of other stuff. So we it's created, nice to, yeah, yeah, nice somebody, to hang out, nice, nice to just chat. hang out yeah. and talk about stuff. Absolutely. Um, so we also created the Untitled BS podcast, which if you also are paid any attention to the Facebook page, that has started. Um, if you're hearing this, that means it's Friday, which means you'll have two episodes of the Untitled BS Project pro- podcast. This one's project, the other one's podcast. That's when I'm talking, fun. when I'm talking to him about them back to back. I'm going to get confused, and I apologize. Um, but you can check those out. First episode was introducing who we were. Second episode was talking about spooky video games for the Halloween season, as well as the current news, including, which is the only news, three news, one only three news things I want to get out of the way real quick, um, because I'm not really going to jump into them. We're going, to, we're going to talk and meet and introduce Sam to you, go over his list as quick as possible, and then our first official movie review will be Joker a little bit later. Um, spoiler, I think we both liked it. We did. So, yeah. Um, first three news things I want to talk about before we get into talking to Sam. Uh, Joker is $150 million away from a billion dollars. And obviously that's not unheard of with Avengers. But at the same time, for an R-rated movie, it is quite unheard of unless your name's Deadpool. Yeah. And what well-deserved to Joker. Yes. And I loved Ryan Reynolds' post on Facebook was like, was like, you motherfucker. And it listed all the superhero movies at top that were rated R or just movies in general. Um, the other three, two things, or other three, other two things of three pieces of news, which um, I just want to get your input on, Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, the Batman has casted Catwoman and Riddler. Yes. Um, Paul Dano was casted as the Riddler. Fantastic. Don't know who the hell that guy is. You don't know Paul Dano? No. Who, who? What is he in? From There Will Be Blood. Did you ever see that? The oil baron um, with the guy that's like a what, huge... Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah, Daniel Day-Lewis. Yes. And he was the preacher guy. The preacher kid in it. Oh, man. I need to go back and watch that movie. Um, he was also in Little Miss Sunshine. He was the... He was... He, he was the guy that was had taken the vow of silence because he was going to go into the military Oh, um, Paul Dano is a very versatile actor, actor, and I think perfect for the role of Riddler. 
I need to go back and watch There Will Be Blood. It's been a while. Yeah. Man, I guess I didn't realize that was who that was. That's awesome. Yeah. And then uh, Zoe Kravitz is Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Uh, look basis. I'm fine. She perfectly nails Selena Kyle. Yep. I don't know anything she's ever been in. I know who she is. Yeah. I mean, I kind of saw the post up on Twitter and Facebooks and things like that. And I was like, yeah, I mean, that fits. I, I think this whole movie as a whole, and I don't know how you feel about it, is kind of a question mark yeah. for me. Because yeah. it has the Riddler? Ah, yeah, I didn't even realize really that. Different. Yeah, well, but yes, it is a question mark, not just because of Paul Dano and the Riddler being in it, but because they have rebooted and retooled Batman so, so many, many times. times. So it's kind of like, I don't know what to expect or feel just yet. But I feel like DC is taking a new direction that is hopeful. I agree. You like Shazam, right? Yeah, I like Shazam. We'll talk about that in a little bit, too. Um, Now, look-wise, and I've already had two discussions with people who are like, oh, they're going PC and getting a woman of color for Catwoman. People, I hate hate being that know-your-read-your-comic person, but But I'm going to be that way. Catwoman has been black, not only in comics... But in a television show and a movie. Yeah. Like, it's not new. And it doesn't really matter. And if you know anything about Selena Kyle as a character, just the look and the age that they hit for this actress nails it. Like, I'm really excited, especially if they can do, like, the... I would love for them to actually incorporate the goggles better. So, like, Anne Hathaway's goggles were neat Mm -hmm. in Dark Knight Rises. But I kind of like the amber. Like I don't even right. care if you still do the like tech aspect of it. Yeah. But I more just, utilitarian, kind of like actually bring them in. Right. Yeah. Like, bring in the cat ears and everything. Yeah. Like where the goggles kind of looked like ears on right. Anne Hathaway, but they weren't really ears. Yeah. Like go the whole route. I think uh, I would really like that. That was probably as far as Christopher Nolan was willing to take it. My oh, guess. I'm sure. People, <laughs> right. Well, no, she didn't go. He didn't go really extreme on anything. No. It was just kind of. Here you go. Um, but no, so I'm excited about both of those castings, especially now that I realize who Paul Dano is yeah. because I don't he's know. He's fantastic. He's very, very good. How I totally has a very punchable that. looking face. He kind of does. Yeah. Like that was like my, I saw him. I'm yeah. like, I mean, I guess. And kind of that look of the I'm the smartest person in the room, you know. Yeah. And I think for Riddler, I mean, who better? Oh, extremely. Um, they are giving him a different name. They just said he is not going to be Edward Nigma. I don't remember what it is off the top of my That's head. Okay. But they don't I, need I don't, to like be so you know on the nose, right? And I'm like that with most of these type of movies. Like, give me your, your reiteration. Yeah. Like, even in Suicide Squad, I was okay with Joker being a gangster to a point, where I'm like, I mean, he is kind of like Joker in the animated series was totally a kingpin of a mm-hmm. group of you know bad guys. Execution questionable, but like yeah. I wasn't you know like whatever. So like they, they, you get these little aspects where you can you have liberty. I'm okay with it. Um, but let's meet Sam. Hey, I'm Sam. So, um, like Brandon said, his mutual friend. My mutual friend <laughs> of Vic. Um, tell us a little bit about your, yourself, generally yeah. speaking. Yeah. So, um, been up here in the Kansas City area for about 11 years now. Um, grew up in Springfield, Missouri. Um, but I have three kids. I'm married. Um, I've always loved movies. I mean, it's been kind of one of my joys to be able to go and see uh, almost anything in the movie theater. It's just, it's a time to just kind of relax and get away and like lose yourself a little bit and kind of just enjoy what's on the screen and see what's going on. 
uh, a lot of times leaving a movie feeling a little bit pumped up or jazzed or just you know kind of uh, triggering emotions that um, I don't have every day and you know it's just kind of enjoyable to kind of see something a little bit differently um, or from different perspectives from different characters that you see uh, some of my favorite movies ever I love Jaws is actually one of my I think it's my top number one overall movie um, I just like the atmosphere Steven Spielberg I think at some of his best um, and the characters were great and just the fear that they conjured um, with everything that had went wrong with that production um, things turned out really well um, and then other people that notable like Danny Boyle I've always been a big fan of him as a director just his lighting has been fantastic um, Sunshine is a fantastic movie gets a little wonky at the end and everything um, but you know he did Slumdog Millionaire and other factors like that and then I always get it wrong oh the guy gosh I'm just gonna say David Lynch maybe the guy that did Seven the director for Seven yes, I think that's right I always I say the one that did the we had this discussion at we did we just night. had it and I always say the wrong one because I say the guy that directed or shot the um, oh I can't remember what the name of the TV show was but oh I hate it can't stand that show but David Lost. Lynch no. Not lost, no, not J.J. Abrams, um, but um, oh, some movie back or TV show back in the day. J.J. Abrams, Lex Luthor, throwing that off. Okay, that could be kind of fun. Anyways, sorry, that's all right. Um, but you know, enjoy those type of those type of movies and those type of directors. Um, but just the experience overall um, is a lot of fun. And then as far as the car- comic and Marvel um, or just comic book movies and superheroes goes. Um, kind of dabble with comics. I'm not a huge comic book fan, but I, I read some of the like the more kind of like um, bigger comics that are out there. I think the more notable, like what a lot of people know and are aware of. Um, and then as the MCU and DC has kind of like grown, just enjoy going and put those popcorn flicks and definitely have seen it expand in areas that I never would have guessed. Uh, with some of its growth, I feel like being with um, especially um, Winter Soldier, and the MCU taking kind of a different turn, a little bit more serious, which has been a lot more fun, kind of an enjoyable as an adult going to see these movies. Do you ever, do you ever think when you were younger that these kind of movies would be a thing? Uh, I don't know that I would think they, like as far as the MCU has taken it where they've built this universe out, never would have thought that would have occurred. These kind of one-offs is more what I expected. I had kind of gotten used to the Batman movies, you know, like the Batman with um, Tim Burton and then, mm. you know, Batman um, with, um, oh, shoot, what's her name? Who did the uh, Catwoman back in the day? can't think of her name. Uh, Michelle now. Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer, thank you. Batman Returns. And then kind of, I felt like things were going to kind of progress that way. Yeah. Um, and then my <laughs> one of my favorite, actually, not that it's in the MCU, but Blade is my all-time like favorite like Marvel franchise. I just was blown away with what they did. And I thought that's what we were going to get. These little like tidbits of you know movies here and there, but not a universe that they've created. Right. We had, I had asked Sam on the Untitled BS podcast to... I need him to tell me my top three favorite superhero or his top three favorite superhero movies. You cannot say Blade one, two, and three, but they're all fantastic <laughs> and amazing. Though I will say, yeah, two and three take a little bit of a downturn, but they're still good. They're still good. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I just wanted to give everybody a quick little introduction as to who Sam is. Um, we're not going to do a whole lot on this episode. It's kind of just a come back, let you know what's going on. Um, we are, however, going to do our first official movie review. And I said in the open that I was going to change that up. We're probably not going to do 
two movies every week. <laughs> um, I'm going to suggest this whole, which I know is going to screw up any previous episodes. Um, if you have suggestions, let us know. But um, I'm thinking one or two movies a month. Is that something you could probably fit yeah, into your schedule? I think, reasonable. Um, I think between between Disney Plus coming out and between uh, everybody having their own streaming stuff and the fact that you can get movies at the library. Speaking of which, my wife made my children watch Clueless. I mean, it's not a bad movie. It's not it's a bad movie, but I'll tell you what. That movie was released in 1995, and there was so much crap I did not understand when I first watched that movie yeah. that I watched last night, and I was like, wait, what? Like, like first of all, I didn't know, remember all the girls walking around with the different like chin pieces and the nose and all the plastic surgery stuff they yeah. had done. I was like, oh my gosh, that's excessive. And... Like the scene with the, the the Christian guy who's the gay kid that she hits on and she's like, this is going to be my new boyfriend. He's like, oh, he's into Clark Gable. And I went, okay. Yeah. Wow, I didn't understand that reference when I was 12 or I 13. I like going back and watching a movie that's a timepiece that you can be like, oh my gosh, I didn't get this. I didn't understand yeah. this. And it changes throughout your life as you watch it. I, I remember I bought the, they released on Blu-ray a big pack of... Um, Back to the Future. And I was like, oh, yeah. Austin, you've got to watch this movie. And 10 minutes into that movie, I was feeling uncomfortable watching that movie with yeah. my child. Like, oh. I was like, whoa, there's a lot of language. Okay. And then I was like, man, Marty McFly is kind of a skis to his girlfriend at the start yeah. of the movie. I'm like, hey, bro. She said, no, back off. Like, yeah, let's relax a little here, dude. Yeah. I was like. And not to mention Biff totally like raping maybe. <laughs> right. You're like, whoa. Right. It was You're so like, like, this is really questionable. So like there's I've always jokingly said there's three three movies I want my sons to watch. Um, see now I might just blanked because I'm on the, the spot. No, not Back to the not Future. Not Back to Jurassic Park. No. Uh, no, I'm just gonna let you guess. Let's see. Jaws. No. <laughs> Star Wars. No. Uh, Indiana Jones. No. Uh, oh, he would like Indiana. Also would love it. And Logan would love Indiana Jones. The original X Men. No. Hmm. Pulp Fiction. No. Yeah, Pulp Fiction. That was it. That was the one. Yeah, now it's getting darker. Sandlot. Sandlot's fantastic. Um, There's a lot more cursing in it than you realize. Oh, yeah. That was, which we did watch that with, I watched that with both of my sons, (laughs) one seven, one thirteen, or 12, and I was like, wow. You're like, whoa. (laughs) Um, Sandlot, The Karate Kid. Yes. And Goonies. Those are the three movies I was like, we watched two out of those three. Which ones? Uh, Sandlot and Goonies. Sandlot and Goonies is again. You're like, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot I assume. More I assume with your oldest. No, all of them. All of them. All of them. Hmm. It's yeah. a family affair. Yeah. The see. funny thing is, is I remember watching it as a kid, and the funny when you watch things as kids, you don't notice you cursing. Don't. You don't notice. You don't remember some of the inappropriate things that occurred. You just remember like the cool parts. You're like, right. oh my gosh. They, there were booby traps and they, you know, slid down this slide and he had these things that had teeth and shot up and grabbed the stalactite. Right. You know, it's like you think about all that stuff and you like skim over that. And then when you go back as an adult, you're like, oh crap, like there's a lot of bad stuff. Especially when you're watching with a child who you're like, you start doing that side eye thing, like looking at your kid like, uh. You start realizing when, you know, growing up in the eighties that you... You know, your parents like were kind of just like, you know what? You just watch and do what you want. There was no information right. out there. Not to mention, it was the 80s when it was it started. Um, there, it was either PG or R. There yeah. was no PG-13. 
So there was, yeah. there was a transition area. There were the Goonies. That oh, was PG. Yeah, exactly. Well, should be PG thirteen. One of my uh, favorite posters I have is a Jaws poster, and on it it's like it's rated PG. And when you think about it today, not that it like not that it was as horrific enough to like deem an R rating, but you think right. about back then, you're like, yeah, probably so. Probably probably would have been necessary, <laughs> like that you couldn't take a child into this movie and terrify them for the rest of their life. Yeah, that's the. But after we saw Back to the Future, I started thinking, okay, I'm gonna hold off on Goonies until he's yeah. a teenager. I just moved forward. I was like, I'm gonna be a bad parent. <laughs> It's, it's you know it's adding a layer of growth to your children exactly. early, and they're not even going to remember it. They're not. I didn't. Yeah, because that's the thing. Like yeah. I did. Like I don't remember half of this. I'm oh, like, no. I don't remember this being that bad. Like yep. it was so innocent to me. Um, no, and what's funny is my son keeps because I always make Goonies references, and he's always like, "What are you talking about?" And I'm like, "Someday, yeah. someday." Young Josh Brolin. Yeah. yeah. When when the actors and actresses in yeah. that movie, I go. Wait a minute, that's so and so, and I'm like, it's crazy. that's nuts. Um, what is it? The mom, or not the mom, the girl with the braces mm-hmm. is in something else now, and I was like, oh my god, that's so and so from the Goonies. It just hit me. Yeah, I always love that. That's nuts. Um, so real quick, what we're gonna do is rattle off, um, Sam's. Uh, rankings, pre-show rankings, um, and I can almost—I'm going to give a little bit of a spoiler. With Joker being the first movie we review, uh, I think it's going to be number one at the end of the show. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, because so the way we're doing this is from this episode on, yeah. we're starting a new list. Oh, okay. So like from this from, is our this is everything and then we clear it and then we, we clear it and we okay. start it. Okay. Okay. So Joker yeah. will be our first official one, and my plan had initially been to do a DC list, a DC EU list, so extended connected universe and the MCU connected universe, and then a just all together. Yeah. Just rank it. Um, I might extend out the DC one because they've said Joker is its own thing. Right. It's not a part of the extended universe. It's not a part of Justice League, uh, BBS, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, all of that. It's not. It's just it's, it's an Elseworlds movie. So some executive at DC was like, "It's an Elseworlds movie." If you don't know what Elseworlds is, it's like <clears throat> there's infinite number of worlds in both Marvel and DC, mm-hmm. but um, in DC, it's one of their other world type things. So, but um, that's supposedly what Joker is. But because I think DC is going to do more one-off movies that are not trying to do the interconnection. Because uh, you and I talked about this last week. Marvel kind of has backed themselves in a corner by making everything connected. Well, I don't know if I'd call it backed into a corner, but they just are, they're set. Yeah. Like, I mean, they, but everything they do from this point forward has to be connected. Correct. And I think that that can hurt them. At some point, I think it will, especially because their phase was it phase four, phase five, phase they're starting phase four. <clears throat> their phase four movies are a lot of people nobody's ever heard of. Yeah, and I think that's gonna really challenge them in making sure the audience sticks around. There's no Tony Stark anymore. They're not right. doing a Captain America. They're not, you know. Sorry, if you haven't seen Endgame, my bad. Not my <laughs> fault. I've, we've had a review. <laughs> Anyways, 
So we'll probably still stick to those three lists. But having said that, like I said, I'm probably going to expand out the DC one because if they're going to keep doing these one-offs, then it doesn't really even matter anyways. Um, but we will start with DC. And when I asked Sam for his list, he gave me more than just the DCEU. <laughs> so I'm just going to give you what he gave me um, on the Letterbox app and website. If you go to the RSR, H, I'm really tired, RSH project. Um, that's the username. We'll have them the actual without the extra movies in there on there for Sam for both of his DCEU and MCU movies. But in the future, we're going to, like I said, expand it out a little bit. But his top, he gave me 14 DC movies. Uh, number one, here, I'll let you do it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, so my number one is V for Vendetta. Fantastic movie. Which and you said the other day, you're like, I totally forgot that was a DC movie. Yeah. I was like, it is, isn't it? Yeah. It is. It's Vertigo, I think, is the right. But it is definitely holds up, and it's fantastically shot. And yeah, even though it's not in the DCEU, it's a very good movie for DC. Uh, Then my second, uh, The Dark Knight, Joker, Batman Begins, Shazam, Wonder Woman, Superman, Man of Steel, The Dark Knight Rises, Justice League, Suicide Squad, Batman vs. Superman, Aquaman, and then Green Lantern. Where are the other Superman movies? I just realized that. The other Superman movies? You know, the, um, like, Superman Returns, which, did you... Oh, like, are you talking about, like, the, like, two, three... Three and, and four, Superman? yeah. Ugh, those would fall pretty far down there. Superman 2 would probably be close be to... Actually kind of, being ranked. Yeah, be in there probably between, I don't know, maybe before or after The Dark Knight Rises. Maybe, like, ten in there. But yeah. then, like, three and four would be at the bottom. Right. No, yeah, I'm, I'm not a yeah, big fan of those. Um... So yeah, there's so there's quick little things. So obviously, not all those are in the DCU. So the top one would be Shazam, um, in the DCEU extended version one. What uh, were you surprised at Shazam? I was actually, you know, Shazam's. I mean, I don't know much about the character other than he says his name and he turns into this, you know, superhero. Um, and so then going in, I am a fan of Zachary Levi, who played the character. Um, I think he just, Very well. <laughs> yeah, he, I was going to say, he brings um, a vibrato and just a comic timing that's like really well done in the movie. Um, and But then going in and seeing it, just the heart that was there with it and the care that was taken with it yeah. was something that felt for a, a character that was not a primary focus in D.C., was the the love and care was brought to it of like a you know a Batman a Superman a Joker and I was very surprised by that yeah. I enjoyed it quite a bit I um I I geeked out so much over that movie because I had, I am familiar with the character and I was like I have a list I was like if they do this it'll be great if they do this I'll love this movie till end of earth and they hit all of them. And I yeah. was like, oh my God, they actually did everything I wanted for, and for a starter movie. Yeah. And they were able to get all these things in in a first of a series. I was, they nailed it. That was good yeah. for me. Oh, uh, you want to go ahead, and, yeah. go ahead and hit the MCU list? All right. So MCU, I do expand out a little bit. Uh, my number one is going to be Blade because, I mean, there's not, there's not going to be anything better than the Blood Rave in Blade. I'm sorry. I don't care what, you know, Marvel does from here on out. Nothing better than that first Blood Rave that I went and saw. I just was blown away. Uh, after that, uh, Marvel the Avengers, uh, then Captain America the Winter Soldier, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, add that one in there too, Iron Man, which who knows how it fits in now at this point, Iron Man. Oh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? Yeah, right. Into the Spider-Verse. I, there, I read a really good article from, I don't know, 
was Collider or something where there's like you could hypothetically just stick that into the absolutely MCU with the, the way they did the movie absolutely so that's why I tossed it in there um, then Avengers Infinity War Thor Ragnarok uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two Spider Man Far From Home Spider Man Homecoming Doctor Strange The Incredible Hulk Ant Man Captain Marvel Avengers Endgame uh, Captain America The First Avenger Guardians of the Galaxy Captain America Civil War Ant-Man and the Wasp, Thor of the Dark World, Thor, Black Panther, and then Iron Man 2 and 3 are like at the bottom <laughs> of the list somewhere around there. Black Panther and them all kind of hang around the same place. I'm surprised you had Black Panther that low. I did not like it at all. Really? Yep. Hmm. It was boring as could be. Yeah? The most like generic superhero movie I've ever seen in my life. And that's another one of those I'm familiar with the character. Yeah. So I was really... I think everybody, like, I'm nothing against any but i think everybody went bananas because it was they called it the first black superhero movie which is bs as you saw on the number one on my list right and went crazy about it and the fact that it was based in africa and all the costumes because one of a couple of my friends were like oh man the costumes and all this looks amazing but i was bored yeah as all get out it did not do anything to surprise me and, and just kind of followed the trend of um, villains being introduced in the MCU that match the superhero almost verbatim. Yeah, and I just was like snooze fest. I um, I and something most people know about me when, especially when you in doing this, I think a lot of people probably figured that out. This being the tenth episode of this show, this podcast, um, emotional connection plays a big role in how I feel about a movie. And it's another one of those. I was super excited for the characters that they were finally bringing into. Like, had they made a Black Widow movie six years ago, seven years ago? Yeah. I probably would have been too emotionally attached to it to not have it in the top five or ten because yeah. it's just me. Fortunately, um, unless it, unless now, I mean that. I mean there are exceptions, right? Because if there is something where I was like, oh my god, that's awful, I would say it. Yeah. Like I'm not immune to it. Um, I, I've I get so much flack for this. I loved the first Guardians of the Galaxy. I despised the second one. <laughs> it was so agree to disagree. Right. I just I couldn't get behind it. I've talked about that before. Yeah. So it's just I don't know. I, emotions. Like, you know I think that's the thing. There was a lot of unknown for the first Guardians. Yeah. So I was really invested in it. And then I had some more info into the second one yeah like i did some more research afterwards uh and it just was like okay i think i know where i want this to go i think what this wants to do and then to do any of it and all the scenes that had baby groot were the best scenes and i was to me and i was like yeah i think with the the guardians of galaxy argument for me like because one of my friends he's loves the first one too and the second one i think he thought, thought was fine i feel like the first one introduced this the most superficial level of the characters on right. every single one of them right. and i didn't care about any of them and i do like i don't know if it's an emotional connection or if it's just a i've got to relate to them somehow and i did not care about any of them and then in the second one is when we got deeper right. and i was like okay these characters have some depth to them that i actually enjoy a little bit you know kind of investigating and putting some more time into and then that's when i was like okay I actually enjoy them more. It might be one of those things if I were to go back and watch the first one now because I've seen the second one, I would actually like the first one better. Yeah. And I noticed you also had Thor Ragnarok higher on your list than I do on mine. And I and I've said since day one, I am a product of overhype. 
Yeah. With Thor Ragnarok, I had too oh, no. many people telling me yeah. how amazing it was. Yeah. That I it, it stayed there. Right. Like that's all my brain thought about. So when I finally saw, mm-hmm. I was like, "There's a lot of things I like about it. It's a good movie. Yeah. It's a fun movie. Yeah. But it's it it got too overhyped in my head from my people who saw it. Absolutely. And I think I think that. Because had I seen Thor Ragnarok opening weekend with some friends or gone with my wife or something, I probably would have liked it a yeah. lot more. But I just, I had had, it had gotten put on this too high of a pedestal. Yeah. And by the time I saw it, I was like, really? Right. That was it? So, and and which, and which and also, and I think part of the reason it did that was because the first two left it so low. The first two were just not good. And I was like... I've also been very anti-Thor being an alien or mm-hmm. since they started it. When they said Thor's an alien, well, no, Thor's the god of thunder. Yeah. I understand what you're doing. Fine. It took till Doctor Strange for them to introduce a magic system that is very prevalent in the MCU. Yeah. And that always annoyed the crap out of me. Like, that was, like, my big thing I loved about Shazam. And it's, like, I was, like introduce the magic system because it's a big factor i would like one of superman's actual weaknesses is magic oh yeah and i'm like introduce the magic system like there's other ways you don't have to lean on kryptonite for superman yeah and i would love to see a movie where that's part of it and so i was like really excited for shazam it's the same thing i got really excited for dr strange i have dr strange a little higher on my list than most people do because i'm like this is what I want from this whole thing. Well, and this is kind of that corner you're, you know, kind of brought up is right. that they are trying to intermingle all these different aspects. And how challenging is it to be like, okay, we want to bring this in. I mean, I think about like, you know, things they weren't able to say about like X Men or mutants or anything right. like that until now Fox has been acquired. So who knows what they're going to be able to kind of move forward with plus end game events exactly so it it makes it a little bit easier for them but they've had to tiptoe with different areas because they are not sure how they're going to play out right yeah i don't know what they're going to do from there (laughs) i'll see um all right move along let's get straight to the review Uh, it's gonna be a little bit shorter episode we'll flush it out more depending on how every episode plays out but um i don't know I, I repeat it's myself right. a lot. It's okay. Yeah, we shouldn't have talked so much in our first podcast. Yeah. Next um, we'll get it back. We'll maybe. Get it maybe. We'll get it um, uh, yeah, it's because it's almost 1130, and it's sleeting here, and you've got to drive uh, half a mile, but still. Um, at least you're not walking. I've got good life insurance. My wife will be taken care of. It's okay. You're, you're worth more dead than you are alive type pretty thing. Much, pretty much. Yeah, I know that feeling. Pretty much. Um. So, Joker. So, this is how our reviews are going to work. You get a little bit short, non-spoilerific review. Mm-hmm. Case somehow this movie's made $1 billion and you're not a part of the people who have contributed to that. You know what's, what's great about that? No 3D. Oh There's gosh, no about it. bonus. Like, you have IMAX, oh. but not a lot of IMAX. A majority of the funds that movie has made yeah. is straight normal ticket sales. That's nice to hear. Isn't it? Like, yeah. there's no, like, extra gimmick. Yeah. I can't stand 3D. I know. It has its place. It, animated movies. I, I think animated certain animated movies, it has its place. Avatar was a gimmick movie. I just... I enjoyed it because it was a gimmick movie. Yeah. And the whole 3D aspect of it. And it was cool and colorful and bright and... Especially on an IMAX, it was really cool. 
but that's about the last 3D movie I was like, yeah. yeah. I don't think they, I just feel like they've never added enough depth, pun intended, to make it worth the right. extra cost. Meet the Robinsons. Have you ever seen that cartoon? The Disney cartoon? Yeah, I think it was so. the little boy with the blonde hair. Is there a T-Rex hair? in it? I think so. Okay. I don't remember. That tries to eat the boy, but he's got short arms. I don't know what it's about. Okay. But I think I know what you're talking about. But there's, that was the first time I'd seen modern 3D. And it, it, it and honestly it scared the shit out of me at first yeah. because like for me 3D was always the red and blue you know yeah. type thing and I went to go see Meet the Robinsons and like the Disney thing came on and a robot popped out on the screen and it got like an inch from my face and I was like what the like what was that yeah I hadn't been to a 3D movie in like right. years so it was very interesting to me but I so that's why I think cartoon movies yeah can play that can work that work that's fine. Um, so a little bit of a non-spoiler, and then uh, then we're gonna just, just spoil the shit out of the movie. Uh, <laughs> so non-spoiler, how did you like Joker? Uh, I went and saw it with Brandon, a couple of other people as well, and then walking out, I honestly got to say I was kind of like, I'm not really sure how I felt about it. I wasn't sure I liked it to be honest. And I said that I noticed that about you. Like, and then, you were the only one not talking. Like you were like still processing. Yeah. <laughs> It is a different movie from most any other movie that you've kind of seen, especially with a comic book theme to it. Um, and as I kind of have had time to kind of think about it more, uh, I realized how important it is and how good of a movie it was because it does not hit those expectations you have with other comic book type movies. So very, very good. Enjoyed it thoroughly. It just took me a little while, and I would like to go back for another viewing. See, I okay. So first, agreed. I was a little more vocal when we left, but I it's one. It's weird because I've said the same thing. It's a good movie. Yeah, acted great, directed great, story. You you it. I mean, yeah, it's a Joker movie. Yeah, and they pieced together a pre Batman Joker movie amazingly, and. You go to that movie and knowing anything about Batman, you'll know exactly how all the pieces fall together, especially towards the end of the movie. Having said that, you can replace every Batman character with Joe Schmo as a name, and it's still a great movie. It doesn't rely on the Batman. Like, you could just end and you'd be like, whoa, that's a really cool like psychological thriller suspense movie. But it's like you don't need the Batman aspect but having the Batman aspect especially with the way they do some of the things you're like holy crap and if you know anything about the Joker like chaotic evil Mm -hmm. I mean there's no other way to describe the character and I think Joaquin Phoenix you literally watch a movie go um, a man go completely insane yeah well and that's the part of it too that after you kind of have seen it and I, I had time to kind of think the inconsistencies of what you're actually seeing is it happening in real life or is it in his head right and you like you can probably go through and piece together with these things like did this happen or did it not right did it this happen or did this not like where is he in this process and who knows so yeah so but yeah but i also left uncomfortable because there's a lot of like questionable shit that happens it's nowhere near as bad as like everybody made it out to be no it's it is it violent it's got violent parts but it's, it's not. An old, movie. It's an R-rated movie. <laughs> it's it's got a lot of heavy adult themes in it, yeah. 
and but it's not ultra violent it's not there was i'll get to this spoiler there was something in particular that i was said well you know this happens and holy shit and it's horrible and i was like well crap i hope they didn't go too far with it type thing and then we watched the movie and it was like that what are you talking about but um no i i want to see it again probably not in theaters um because i'll probably only watch it with my wife again i will buy it yeah because i want to own it but i probably i don't know i think it'd be a good one of those movies to watch when i want to watch it with somebody who's never seen it yeah so that you can have that discussion yeah. afterwards kind of like we had we had this talk the night of inception like mm-hmm. I, one of those movies where when it's done i want to have that conversation with somebody um but yeah, uh, we both really liked it. I think the group of guys we were with liked it mm-hmm. on different levels. Um, <laughs> yeah. So most yeah. of them were like, "That was really messed up." Right. But it was really good. So that's that's your if you haven't seen the movie spoiler free bit. So in like two seconds, turn it off. And if you're still with us, there we go. <laughs> um. So I want because I want to get this this out the. The, there's a word that's been used a lot lately that I had to look up to figure out what the hell I didn't understand. It was the word incel. Okay. It's, and I could kind of see what they're saying. I know people like this. The idea that guy, they're, it's mostly generalized as white male men who live at home with their parents because they can't get ahead in life because people judge them mm-hmm. because of the, their, the way they live their life. Yeah. And they have to give it a name. Fine. Whatever. I know people like that. Yeah. I, know, I know plenty of people like that. It's like, dude, it's your fault. You're that way. They're like, I'm sorry. There's nobody else. There was a thing, an article I read where they were talking about how that's what this character is. And that is not what this character is. This is a mentally ill, abused man mm-hmm. who was in nothing as good has ever obviously happened in his life who got to his breaking point. Yeah. And there's like, one of the things was, well, he got refused by a woman and that's part of the thing. I'm like, there was never even really like, they don't even show whether he ever actually did anything to that character. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, it's all insinuated. Right. Like, I don't ever think he actually harmed her. I think she got scared. Well, I think it's left up to the viewer's mind. Right. It's kind of, you know, as we were, we were kind of discussing um, with our game podcast about like Halloween and how sometimes things can be more scarier or um, kind of viewed by the person watching it if it's not seen. You kind of, you know, if, it, if something's off screen, right. you can fill in those gaps of what you think. Right. It can be the story you want to make. And so like, well, I would agree with you. Like in the movie, I don't think he did anything. I think he freaked her out i think he right. you know believed he was having a relationship with her when he was absolutely not and then you know went into her apartment and when she was like what's going on i imagine in my head he left he just left that was probably it and he was you know you are seeing a man slowly unwinding right mentally and you know he is down on his luck he's not got nothing um positive in his life and He's reached a breaking point where 
um, if you do know some of the comics, which I don't know them completely, and I've not read like the completely the Killing Joke, but I've always heard that like isn't that the one where he talks about one bad night can make you oh, go yeah. crazy? Oh yeah, it's one of my favorite monologues of any bad guy in any book. Yeah, yeah, and it's like that's the idea. Is I think this movie was trying to kind of build that type of right. narrative of that this is his bad. I, it wasn't even a night. I don't know how right. many days it was over. But like say, you know, it was a like week. A, I think it was like a week or two weeks. Right. So let's say a yeah. week. So this is my his bad week. This is what has led to the creation of this Joker, this iteration of him within this else world, you know, right. universe. And so, you know, you fill in the gaps with a lot of things and just kind of like said, like, you know, I don't know what actually happened, what didn't happen. What am I seeing? Is it in his mind? There was a part at the very end of the movie I remember kind of saying to um, the guys that I was with and you that he was there was a song that came on and he was singing the lyrics with the song right. that was playing and I was like is this meant to like mess with us mentally right what, like is he hearing the song because is this whole thing just in his head exactly this is the soundtrack he's added to is it is this a soundtrack yeah is he hearing the soundtrack is his little his last well I think yeah the last phrase in the movie you know, when the therapist asked him, what's so funny? And he said, you wouldn't get yeah, it. Yeah. Is he talking to us or is he talking to himself or, you know, the right. voice in his head or whatever? But I think that's for the viewer to decide. Right. And that's the fun part of it. It is. So here's my, here's the million dollar question. Yeah. Was the whole movie in his head? Well, I mean, that's up to you. Well, I think I'm asking you. What, oh, what do what I think? Yeah, what ultimately, do you think? I think there are bits and portions that have been taken um, from it so no I would say ultimately no. no no the whole thing has not been in his head um, things have happened things have occurred but from the scenes where he was actually in the um, a Saint asylum bashing his head right did it deviate off from that and like has he been in that a Saint asylum right. this entire time yes there's a possibility of that has occurred is there a possibility that he you know like um, shot is it was it Murray the night show the night yeah the, Murray the night, yeah night, the, you know uh, talk show at night and then everything kind of went from there yeah that's a very good possibility and I think what they're ultimately trying to show um, with the movie itself and especially um, Gotham is that the chaos that like there's a whole fervor and people are angry and that this this Gotham itself is. Is chaos it's it's losing control and how bruce is kind of being introduced like you by the end there um with his parents being shot because you know the people that are going crazy are like you guys are pigs you know you haven't really done anything for us i feel like that occurred but who's to say that that's the truth so they said so here's why i think it happened yeah but maybe not necessarily the way it happened I'll, I'll, I'll explain that was because you start off with him talking to his therapist yeah and she says to him do you even remember why you were and then that's when the movie changes yeah because he was like like you know before when you were in the psychiatric ward or whatever and she just says she's like, do you even remember why you were and then everything happens from that point yeah I think everything from that point is his version yeah and oh, when it gets to the end he's back in and it's like one of those yeah I, I think it's kind of intertwined i'm wondering if there's a lot of time jumps 
and that's the thing forward and back well and i think that's why then when i kind of settled on this is a great movie is because there's the ability to have that questioning and there's not like a like a 100 percent definitive no this is exactly what happened i think you know todd phillips that directed it purposefully directed it the way he did so that these discussions and dialogue can occur right so you could sit down and be like what do you think here like i've heard people um talking about like well at one in one scene he had a cigarette in this hand but and then like it shot shot back shot away from him and shot back and the cigarette was gone so like was that on purpose right or was that accidental who knows maybe when the movie comes out and there's a director's commentary special, yeah absolutely i i'm not normally big on director commentary on stuff this is a movie i right. want to watch the director commentary on. well and there's weird things too he climbs in the fridge at one point and i'm like Wait a minute. Those are like those fridges that like lock. Right. What just happened? So did you? I don't know if you. Vix. No, not that's not that's, that's not, not Vix. I don't know what yeah. that is. One of his buddies yeah, yelling at us. Um, I read an article that said that whole scene was ad libbed. He was supposed to like go into the kitchen and do something, and they weren't sure what was going to happen. Yeah. And Todd Phillips was like, "Just roll." Like he started pulling shit out of the refrigerator, and they were like, apparently everybody was like. So just let it go, and he got in. Yeah. And then he was like, let the camera roll, and then yeah. left it. Um, so thinking back on it that. It felt like that, in all honesty. Yeah. That was one scene I was like very like confused, because it did feel like a the director's kind of letting the character be right. in the, you know. Be in your own headspace. Yeah. Be in your head, do what feels but like. I, but I thought of something after the fact that completely explained that whole scene. Think of all the shit his mother did to him when he was a kid. What if locking him into the refrigerator was one of the things? Because, yeah. like, chain him to a damn radiator yeah. in the bedroom, like, you know. And beating on him and just like, Right. Like, so, like, I thought about that later. It was like, what if that was one of his, it was either, either it was one of his punishments. Yeah. Or it was how he hid. Yeah. When he was little, and he could get in and just like right. shut the door, and it'd be dark and quiet, and and once again, it just kind of shows to the genius of like that scene felt not out of place, but per se, but it felt like very like, well, this part's in here, right? But there's no explanation for it whatsoever. Right. It just is in the middle of the film, and so there's that ability to say, well, what do you think he was doing? Why do you think that occurred? Right. I think that's a you know very reasonable explanation to say. Man, when they started talking about the way she treated him as a kid, I was yeah. like, Holy shit, no wonder this guy's got plain yeah, issues as it up. is. But yeah, because like like the way it ends, like the whole you wouldn't get it. Yeah. You know, between that and the start where she's do you even remember why you were mm-hmm. in there? Like I feel like at any point you could enter pull sections out mm-hmm. and piece them together. Oh, absolutely. Like one thing could have caused one thing and one thing could have caused another. And yeah, she's talking about the first part, but the second part also happens. Um, I yeah, it's it, the more it's one of those things. The more you sit and you think about the different, oh, you can dissect every piece of it and one question like, what is this? Um, so I guess my next part, the part of the review was, what was your favorite part of the movie? Mm, well, the unintentional humor. There was just like a couple of parts, and I think you, you know one definitely the, one definite yeah, the part. midget that that he couldn't get the door, he couldn't get the latch on the door. Um, that like it showed you the Joker, right? It like those are the moments that I like. The whole scene from start there's to the finish. There's the Joker, 
Right. There he is. Because that was my problem with it initially. He never fully revealed himself. Right. I was kind of waiting for that to happen. And from having read, like, ooh, gosh, I'm so bad with, like, the actual comics. Is it the Dark Knight where Batman's old and he comes yeah. back and fights some Dark Knight. Okay. So the Dark Knight, what I kept waiting to happen was when, especially when he came out and kissed the old woman, I expected her to go crazy and, like, get poisoned somehow. Right. Because so you I just like, go I was that like, oh. I was like, I remember this from the comic, and then I also expected him to kill the entire audience somehow. Right. So I was like, so I figured like his he would have created a gas or chemical, but we weren't to that point in his story yet. Right. This was like trying to tell more of that like you know origin, like a building to where he's getting to, and I understood that later. Um, so then when these unintentional humor parts hit. I was like, yeah. there he is. I was like, that's the Joker. Right. That's the Joker. That's like, oh, that's funny because he can't get that, and he's like. This, he just stabbed somebody in the eye socket and killed them. I right. went out of here. And the Joker doesn't find anything. He finds it amusing. Right. If anything, just like, well, yeah, I'm going to let you go because you've oh, always been nice to me. Oh, or whenever the detectives were questioning him outside the hospital um, where his mom was admitted to, and he's walking back into the, um, trying to walk back into the hospital, get away from him, and yeah. slams into the door. Right. That was, I mean, just hilarious. Right. So, like, the whole scene where he kills the one the one guy yeah with the midget there from start to finish was pure what you're talking about yeah that's joker because he's he has the knife when yeah. he starts it and you know like okay is this self-defense or is he just gonna fucking snap because yeah. you don't know what's gonna happen yeah. and then he just fucking snaps and it's like a moment of pure and utter violence mm -hmm. because that was that in of itself was a little rough to watch yeah the between the stabbing him and then the constant slamming the head against the wall was like okay point yep. made point made and then he just <laughs> lays there for a second yeah. and I'm like I'll be honest this might sound weird but I was like I don't want to watch a midget die I literally that thought ran through my head was like oh completely don't kill the midget don't kill the midget like I don't know if I can like watch that and be feel yeah. comfortable and and he was like you can go yeah you've always been nice to me yeah exactly. so like just the sun is shining. It's a Tuesday. Life is great. Like that was like holy. That was kind of like your pause. Like right. holy shit. That whole scene, and then even where he gets close, he goes Bleh. yeah. Like yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just screwing with shit. Yeah. And then he's like Joker. Yeah. He's like yeah. I'll unlock there the door for you. Here you go. Come on out. Um, you know, it's it's weird for me. I think one of my favorite scenes was uh, when he gets asked right before he kills the three guys. And he's sitting there, mm -hmm. and he just starts laughing. Yeah. Because while he has the condition that makes him laugh, that was also kind of like a breaking point. Yeah. Where you're just like, you, I feel like there was two laughs happening. There was a laugh of his freaked out, scared, I don't know how to handle the situation I'm in, so I'm laughing. Right. But there was also a legitimate, yeah. like, it doesn't matter type thing. Right. Which led to him in shooting the which I got to tell you the shooting of the three guys totally shocked the crap out of me I was yeah. not expecting it in that moment well and I think from everything in the previews that I had seen I was like he's just gonna get beat up again right because that's yeah. and I don't care how many times I see it that sign to the face at the beginning of yeah. the movie I know I know it's like oh yeah that does not look comfortable because he does the whole gainer and everything just hits the ground yeah. I'm like that was that was painful. <laughs> that's also coming from a kid that was picked on growing up. So I'm like, I, that, not, that's not yeah. good. That sucks. Um, 
What was your least favorite part? Uh, I think initially it was his laugh, kind of being a medical condition. That bugged right. me. That really, like, is what kind of, like, I think set my mind, like, kind of got a little bit of a, like, mindset that I was like, I don't know about this. Like, I, d I don't like the idea that the Joker has a mental condition or a condition that, like, causes him to laugh at inappropriate times. I just like to think that he, you know, he laughs because he's crazy and he's, you know, psycho and that's who he is. And then it got, <clears throat> that was what I enjoyed the least initially, especially, like, in the the bus initially when he just couldn't stop laughing and then um a couple times i think whenever it occurred again i was like man that's kind of driving me nuts and then it kind of started building on again once i sat and thought about it i was like wait a minute no like then he starts using that right like he starts d developing that persona of the joker of this is who i am right and so this is he incorporates it into his being and then, so now I started to like it, but at that time I was like, right. I didn't care. The, the one time that I really did like that, like it, I was indifferent towards it, was right before when he's getting called to go talk to his boss. Yeah. And he's laughing and then the just straight cut. Yeah. Hey! Yeah. And he's just tying his thing. That was like a very, a little unnerving part. It was like, man, that's like weird. Like why one of those? Um... And this might just be because I had a feeling going into everything, this is what they were going to do. Yeah. And then I was right and they did it. The fact that everything was Zazie Beats was in his head. Like, from the second it started, mm -hmm. I was like, this isn't happening. Yeah. And I, I would have rather it been happening. Right. But at the same time, I wouldn't like that to be the crutch that really pushes him over the edge. Yeah. I just wish they could have handled it differently somehow. But I just, from the second I was like, it kind of took me out of it. Yeah. I just felt it was too obvious. I don't know. I'm like, this has got to be, like, this isn't happening. It wasn't to the extent of signs where there's a visual clue. Right. It just, it didn't fit anything else that was happening <laughs> to him in the movie. Um I, I could have liked it maybe had they thrown in a couple more now or like actual interactions mm -hmm. that were legit right that you didn't weigh on it so much but it was just kind of like yeah i understand that that, so, may, and that makes sense something that kind of like even that like shot in the fridge it just it wasn't 100 percent. you're like this is weird right you know it doesn't like you said doesn't yeah, fit doesn't fit but it was it was too in a, of an obvious didn't fit for yeah. me that's probably my least favorite thing um what was something that surprised you the most No, you go with yours. Let me let me think I, about that. I'll be honest. It was Walking Phoenix, because I I really like Walking Phoenix. Yeah. When they first showed the first thing of the Joker, and like the little preview thing they did, I hated it. I was like, I mean, he legit's just wearing clown makeup. Like, there's no yeah. extra anything to it. And granted, I didn't know what they were doing with the story at the time, but even going into it, I was like, man, I just. It's really hard for me to hold a candle. Like, when you see what Heath Ledger did mm -hmm. mentally for the role, I'm like, nobody's going to mentally match that. Right. Nobody's going to get close. Um, I take a lot of flack for this. I really love Cesar Romero's Joker. Yeah. And 
for me, I'm like, there's, there has to be a combination of those two for me to really, and it was the combination you of those it. two. And I was like, holy crap. Like by the time it was over, I'm like, yeah, give this man an award of some kind. I don't care which one, but I, I, I knew he'd be, I knew he'd be good because he's Joaquin Phoenix and he's a good actor. But I wasn't expecting to like instantly want to stick him up more mm-hmm. in the echelon of how I viewed Joker being portrayed in any form of media. Right. So I would I would probably say just that was my biggest surprise was how well he. I really felt like I was watching a real person go freaking crazy. Yeah. And reach yeah. their breaking point and fall. He I like I had that pure emotion of. There was a combination of you want to hug the guy, yeah, and go, dude, man, let's work through this. But at the same time, I was like, I want to stay about ten miles away from where oh, that sure. man is at any given time because holy shit, he's got some problems. Yeah. So I'd say that probably was my biggest surprise. That's fair. Yeah, you're kind of thinking so, kind of a not a cop out, but like just I think um, kind of as we discussed, Todd Phillips being the director on a movie like this after what he'd done, right? That's probably what surprised me. Yeah. is to bring a movie like this to where it's gotten to. I'm like, I don't know that I would have thought, oh, the guy that did The Hangover. And as DC has kind of proven time and time again, bringing in unique act or directors to right. to shoot different films, it's like, oh, that actually might work. Yeah. To kind of give a different the, Which is funny because the two historically known horror movie directors, David Sandberg and James Wan, yeah. doing super lighthearted. Right. I mean Aquaman isn't super lighthearted. Not as not much to the extreme. But it does. It has some like and it's very colorful movie. And like the visually like so horror you think dark and gritty. Right. But you watch Aquaman and it's like I would have loved to if there was a movie I would want to try to see what it looked like in three D with like especially when they start going into the city and all the visuals yeah. and how bright and colorful it is. It it. Well, I would like to see what <laughs> it looks yes. like. Yeah. Like I wouldn't say that's James Wan. Yeah. And like the hilariousness of everything that happened in Shazam. Oh yeah. Definitely wouldn't say, Oh, that's the person that did was it Annabelle or mm-hmm. whatever he was he did. I'm like, that's two different people. Yeah. But no, and good. then you take the guy who did the freaking hangover and go, We want to make make a psychotic right show me somebody delve into the darkness of the human mind which i never saw the hangover two and three i did hear they got a little bit darker but i would say darker humor sense but but that's the thing is like yeah to then move to a film that's more of like a um psychological type right and i don't know what he's done in between i don't know if he even has i just but yeah kind of a unique take so so and where where would the joker rank in your movies so starting over from starting over from now. Well, like everything's erased. Everything's there's, erased. There's nothing else. Well, it has to be one. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> That's say. It's number one. Yeah, I was gonna say. So, just to help bring you in. Yeah. Next movie's gonna be Blade. Oh, fantastic! And I assume you own it, Blade. Of course. Okay. Um, maybe not do the next episode of this next week. Okay. But maybe we'll split a week yeah we'll figure it out we'll figure it out we'll do Blade we've got a couple months before there's another actual big release superhero movie so but what's the next one it's either Wonder Woman or oh my gosh wow next year oh yeah they're both they're all next year but I 
I think it's it's not Wonder Woman. It might be Black Widow. Okay. Because I think it was Black Widow, but they keep moving the Wonder Woman date around. Yeah, they do. They um, Patty Jenkins. I I watched an interview where she was frustrated with the release date move. Mm. Apparently, the studio got nervous about where she was working on Wonder Woman eighty four, and then so they pushed it to like middle of last of next year. Okay. And it was because it was supposed to release last this year, this month. Yeah, this month or November. And she finished the movie. They screened the movie. Everybody loved the movie. And now she's got eight, eight months. So like that so sucks. right. So she was like she was like you know I'm, my movie's practically See, done. And that's that always worries me because that makes me concerned that higher studio executives are like, well, we need a little bit more of this. Which is the notorious Which is, for right the people Warner coming Brothers. in and messing with like films, and that's what makes it. In the end, it's, you're like, that doesn't at, feel at right. At this point, barring, I mean, opinions aside, that is what happened to Justice League. Yeah. I mean, they basically, even Batman versus Superman was supposed to be an entirely different movie. Well, and that's what I've heard, you know, online now recently. It's been like, all the director's cut is like so much better. Uh, yeah, I mean, but. Justice League was supposed to be part of three movies. Yeah. And the culmination, like, I I read a thing where, I don't know if it was Snyder saying it or somebody else, or it was just storyboards. The end of Justice League was supposed to be Steppenwolf's head rolling up to Dark Side, yeah, like and him just like kind of putting his foot on top of his head, and then disappearing through a boom tube, hmm. like and I was like, that sounds awesome. Like what was going on there, yeah, you know. But like plus there was a whole scene where um, I don't know if Soups was involved, but it was Batman, Wonder Woman, Cyborg, and Flash were in like a kind of looked like a greek or egyptian tomb that hieroglyphs of past things that have happened in the world hmm. where dark side and his family and her his cohorts and people and they looked at it and stuff plus the one guy who plays the general from um bvs and in, in justice league who i remember saying that guy should be marvin or not marvin marvin the martian martian manhunter yeah i was like It'd be cool if they made that. And he just flat out, Zack Snyder flat out came. Oh, yeah, he was supposed to be Martian Manhunter. And it was like. Yeah. And it's like there's. And there's just. Plus, there was a Marvel movie recently. Oh, what was Joss Whedon in um, the second Avengers movie, Mm -hmm. Age of Ultron? Yeah. He even said, well, Disney got involved. Like, a lot of people had issues with, like, the way he was like, well, I kind of was. Well, and that's the thing. That's the sucky part. I think, you know, once you, you know, execs and, you know, the higher up start seeing like, oh man, really? Then they all start having their thoughts, and it's like once they start trying to come in and like mess with stuff, it's just like leave it alone. Like right. that's the trust, reason. Trust the people you yeah. hire to do the job you hire. And everybody to do. else wants to be like, well, I had to say in this, I had to say, and it's like, ah, and it just ends up being yeah. hot garbage. So, next movie will be Blade, which I'm sure will probably be number two on my list, but number one on yours. Yeah, but I can we'll see. Does <laughs> it still hold up for you? When was the last time you watched Blade? Gosh, it's probably been a while, so this will be fun. Okay. So, uh, maybe skip a week and then we'll watch Blade sometime between now and then. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, sir, thank you for joining us for yeah. the first episode. Um, nice until to meet everybody. Time. Nice to so, meet you. Yep. Um, reminder, uh, this upcoming Monday, we'll be recording the next episode of the Untitled BS podcast. Uh, so, Wednesday and Friday of next week, we'll have two new episodes no not friday because we're going to skip an episode so you're only going to get the untitled bs next week and then um we'll skip a week for this episode for this show 
So yeah, check out uh, check out us out next Wednesday on the other podcast, and go like, subscribe, share, interact, Facebook, Twitter. Um, I don't think we did that on this one. Did no. I say? Do we do your? I'm Twitter? at Sam M. Spangler on Twitter. I'm at PSA Press, which everybody knows that already. And um, P PNC Network on Facebook to interact with us on Facebook. Zoll will be hopefully making some posts. I'm gonna hit him up with an email. Yeah. We're gonna talk about some stuff. Uh, I do appreciate Great, Zoll. Zoll. I was going to say, I listen to you guys, you're awesome. Thank you, Zoll. Uh, I want to wrap this up with that because Zoll was a great person to start this off with. Uh, Really helped me get the, you know, get everything really shaped and formed to how I want it to proceed. Uh, Great conversations. We differing opinions. Sam and I already have differing opinions on a lot of things. We've, because he was talking to me about stuff we talked about in episodes like, well, you know, this, this, this. I was like, well, you're stupid. That's not my problem. Um, <laughs> just kidding. I would never call hey, spice of life. Spice right. of life. Right. <clears throat> Opinions. Um, everything is subjective. Another podcast I like Absolutely. says that all the, all the time. Go check out uh, the Suicide Squad cast network and those guys, uh, Ray, over at Fans Without Borders and the DC TV Squad cast. So, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, be back in two weeks. Uh, if you want to listen to Sam and I chit chat some more, next week we'll be on episode three of the B, the Untitled BS podcast. We will be talking about video games for the holiday season and how to figure out what uh, console you should buy your child, or if you want to just spend an ungodly amount of money and buy an overpriced PC. That's that's up to you. That's just my opinion. You do PC gaming? No, not no. really. No. No. I have a computer that can do it, but I don't use it for it. (laughs) All right, guys. See you next time. Not week. See you next time. Yeah.